Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call.
that the $3 billion environmental claim was advanced and decided on by the Kyrgyz Republic Courts at the same time as the law on the external management was approved. The law is designed to allow external management to be imposed where there is a threat to, to human health or the environment. Now, of course, I want to state we believe that the environmental claims are baseless. For one thing, this exact claim was settled in the 2017 Strategic Agreement. Secondly, the claim relates to a practice that was stopped many, many years ago. There is no imminent danger of harm to the environment. Kumtor's environmental record is excellent. And it's important to note that the mine was first financed by EBRD and IFC, and it, is there, and it therefore had to adhere to their high environmental standards. In addition, the government's own independent consultants has noted that Kumtor is operated to international best practices, and we have carried out any and all of their recommendations. Uh, similarly, from a safety perspective, I want to note that Kumtor just achieved a significant milestone in terms of one year of lost time incident-free operations. So the suggestion that Kumtor's operations pose imminent danger to human life, we deem that to be completely unreasonable. We, Kumtor, would not enjoy such excellent support of our employees and local communities if we were actually putting human health or the environment at risk. As always, Sentara has tried to engage the Kyrgyz government on any disputes or misunderstandings, and we will continue to do so. However, we will not hesitate to use all other means at our disposal, including international arbitration, to protect the rights and interests of the company and our shareholders. Moving into the Q1 results themselves, just starting on slide six, as always, I like to start with safety, and I think Q1 was an excellent quarter for the company. We had three significant milestones uh, during the quarter, as I just mentioned, Kumtor achieved one year of consecutive lost time incident-free operations. And in addition to that, as part of that, uh, that milestone, I want to note that our contractors at Kumtor have now achieved 1,000 consecutive days of lost time incident-free operations. This is also complemented by Indaco, where they achieved six years of reportable injury-free operations. So uh, a great set of uh, metrics there in terms of our ongoing objective for zero-harm operations. Um, you can see the, uh, the third bullet point, our gold production levels were strong during the quarter. We produced just over 160,000 ounces of gold. And if you look at the fifth bullet point there, it was at a very competitive uh, low all-in-sustaining cost of $745 per ounce. So continuing to see good operating momentum carrying over from uh, last year into Q1 and uh, expecting this to continue. Uh, just before I leave this slide, I'll just highlight the second bullet point uh, Mount Milligan had excellent performance during the quarter, particularly from a financial perspective. Uh, we reported free cash flow of some $80 million US, which was a record quarterly free cash flow result for the mine. So obviously benefiting from our production levels, our unitary cost performance, but also with the uh, significantly higher copper price environment, you can see that is uh, definitely underpinning some strong profitability and free cash flow. Just moving on to the next slide on, on slide seven. In terms of our sort of bottom line financial results, first bullet point, uh, you know, during the quarter we're reporting uh, net, uh, sorry, adjusted net earnings of some $84.2 million, which equates to $0.28 cents per share. Uh, the third bullet point, again, we saw, um, you know, meaningful levels of positive free cash flow being generated throughout the business. Company-wide, it was a total of $72 million. And then you can see in parenthesis there each of the operations uh, contributing positive free cash flow. 
The fourth bullet point, um, our, our balance sheet, our treasury position continues to be peer leading and, and continues to be very strong. Uh, we have a debt-free balance sheet and we finished the quarter with net cash reserves of some $823 million US. This was favorably underpinned by the last bullet point here, whereby during the quarter we closed uh, the divestment of our Greenstone Gold project, where we sold our 50% ownership level, and that brought in some $210 million US of consideration. And then just lastly, the fifth bullet point, just given the strength of the, uh, the financial results, the strength of our balance sheet, as well as our outlook moving forward, the board has once again declared a quarterly dividend of Canadian five cents per share. Just moving over to slide eight, um, you can see the charts down the bottom here. We're just breaking out each of our sort of business unit operations in terms of each of the mine sites. And you can see over the last uh, five quarters, we've seen you know, varying meaningful levels of profitability and positive free cash flow. Uh, again, the second chart there from the left, you can see Mount Milligan, very strong quarter. So really benefiting from these uh, strong copper prices that we're currently seeing. And then obviously the third chart is Oxa. This is our newest gold mining operation. We declared commercial production here in Q2 of last year. And you can see it's, uh, it has since been a, a very meaningful contributor, obviously in terms of production, but more so in terms of free cash flow generation. The chart in the top right just really highlights our, our net cash position. And you can see over the last five years, we've you know, been increasingly transitioning into a positive net cash position. And in 2020, we actually eliminated all corporate debt on the balance sheet and as you can see finishing the most recent quarter with a net cash of 823 million dollars us so certainly makes for a strong financial foundation and a, and a fully funded uh, business model moving forward just on to uh, slide nine just in terms of our in environmental social governance profile and update to q1 uh, you know just reference a couple of bullet points here first bullet point obviously very focused on safety in terms of our company-wide uh, work safe, home safe uh, leadership program. And, and I spoke to a number of the milestones that we saw during the quarter. But I, I think what myself and management are really pleased about, one of the key metrics that we report against is our total reportable injury frequency rate. And that currently sits at 0.27, whereas our internal target for this year is 0.41. So we're off to a great start. We've got some really good momentum there. And that's going to serve us well as we look to rally the troops and, and continue this good performance moving forward. Second bullet point, just in terms of social license to operate, you know, we've now got a consecutive 93-month track record of uh, no uh, business interruptions at any of our uh, assets. Third bullet point, just in terms of uh, environment, environment uh, you know, again, we had no environmental incidents during the quarter, as it should be. And then I might just jump down to the last bullet point. We continue to make significant headway and progress in terms of our rollout and implementation of the World Gold Council's responsible gold mining principles. I think all of our operations are in very good shape as we look to um, establish full compliance and, and third-party uh, assurance on that uh, by the end of uh, 2022. So with that, I'm just going to pass the call over to uh, Dan Desjardins, our Chief Operating Officer. So over to you, please, Dan. Thank you, Scott. Uh, good morning, everyone. Sentara continues to prioritize the health and safety and well-being of its employees, contractors, and communities and other stakeholders during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, and we're taking steps to minimize the effect of the pandemic on our mine sites to help prevent infection and reduce the potential of transmission. Uh, in, in addition, our operating sites, we continue to assess the resilience of our supply chain, increase uh, the mine site inventories of key materials, and develop contingency plans, 
and it has allowed us to continue our operations unabated. If you move to slide 11, for, for Q1, we had a number of operating highlights. Uh, of note, as Scott indicated, the near 4,000 uh, people working at the Kumtor mine achieved a one-year lost time-free operation. And at our can Canadian and DACO operation uh, site, uh, we had six years now uh, injury-free. All excellent results. On the production front, we had a solid quarter. We produced 160,346 ounces of gold and 18.6 uh, million pounds of copper at an all-in sustaining cost of $745 per ounce sold. Specifically, Kumtar produced 90,000 ounces at $888 uh, per ounce sold. Uh, Milligan produced 42,000 ounces at an excellent $367 per ounce sold after the copper credit uh, for the sales. And Oxsuit, excellent new operation. We have 27,601 ounces of gold produced at $804 per ounce. At Kumtor, the plant operated uninterrupted for the quarter, and we continue to produce ore and feed the mill from our stockpile. And we are stripping cutback 20, and that is continuing as per our planned rates. At Mount Milligan and Oxsuit, the operations were normally operated for the quarter and as per our annual plans. Again, our overall all-in sustaining cost was $745 per ounce sold. Of note, the Mount Milligan mine has 4.5 million cubic meters of water in our tailings pond inventory as at March 31. And now, just in the last month, we've built that up already to 6.1 million cubes as we uh, go into our fresh head. Also, we did receive the amendments to uh, access surface water near the mine site, and that is now extended to November of 2023. This gives us more time to work with our First Nations and government partners to continue to develop our long-term water strategy. Please go to slide 12 and we'll go over our operating key focuses. Again, safety is our highest operating priority and we continue to roll out our safety programs to constantly improve our safety performance. We have a very robust behavior program called WorkSafe HomeSafe that we've embraced now for three years and we are focused on visible felt leadership and the development of rolling out our critical controls. In Q1, we, we had excellent results as Scott spoke to, and we, uh, we believe this is a great step forward. With the normal spring melt access to underground water resources and the extension of our permits, we do have adequate water to run the plant for, at full capacity for, the, for this year. As part of our continuous improvement, we continue to expand the Kumtor leach circuit and add additional grinding capacity through the installation of tower mills this year. At Mount Milligan, we continue to focus on constantly on constant production with a strong focus on ore blending and plant maintenance to make sure we continue to have our solid throughput. We are also installing at Mount Milligan a stage flotation reactor uh, to improve recoveries of both copper and gold. As a result of productivity improvements, brownfield drilling and cost controls, we are updating the life of mine plan of both Oxsuit and Mount Milligan, and we are planning to have these completed this year. In addition, we are creating value with robust 
brownfield exploration programs across all our operations. Uh, Darren, our CFO now will walk us through the financial results. Thanks, Dan, and morning all, and hope everyone's safe and well. Um, for those following on the slide deck, I'll be speaking to initially uh, slide 14. Sentara recorded $402 million in revenue during the quarter. This materially consisted of $293 million in gold sales, $62 million in copper sales, and $40 million from the Melindedum business unit. During the quarter, the company's average gold price realised was $1,627 per ounce and $2.72 per pound of copper. This incorporates the existing stream arrangements over the Mount Milligan mine. In the quarter, we sold 180,000 ounces of gold, 55 ounces from the Mount Milligan mine, a 35% increase compared to the prior year quarter. 28,000 ounces of gold attributable to the Oxford mine in its only third quarter of production since declaring commercial operations. And finally, 98,000 ounces attributable to the Kungtul mine. It should be noted the Kungtul mine had a 39% reduction in ounces sold compared to the prior year quarter. This primarily was driven by a reduction in processing gold head grade by 32% compared to the prior year quarter. We also sold 22.8 million pounds of copper, a 12% increase in comparison to the prior year quarter. This represents five concentrate shipments in the quarter. For Q2, we are targeting four shipments. Just moving over to slide 15. The net earnings recorded during the quarter was 167 million, this including the adjustment items of a $72 million gain on the sale of Sentera's interest in the Greenstone Gold Mines Partnership, and a $10.9 million gain on reduction in the reclamation liability due to favourable discount rate movement. Earnings attributable from operations perspective were $89 million contributed from the Kumtor operations, $40 million contributed from the Mount Milligan operations, and $24 million contributed from the Oxford, our newest operation. The adjusted earnings recorded was $84 million for the quarter, or $0.28 cents per share. This is net gain, this is net of the gain on the sale of Sentera's interest in the Greenstone Gold Mines Partnership and the gain on the reduction in the reclamation liability mentioned earlier. From a consolidated cost perspective, Sentera in the quarter recorded production cost of $561 per ounce and all-in sustaining cost of $745 per ounce. At an asset level, Kungto recorded all-in sustaining cost of $888 per ounce. Matt Milligan recorded all-in sustaining cost of $367 per ounce, and Oxit recorded an all-in sustaining cost of $804 per ounce for the quarter. As noted in the bottom right-hand chart, the Turkish lira has continued to be volatile. In Q1, there was a 12% deflation in the lira um, during the quarter compared to the US dollar, with some offsetting inflation on a net basis, but we are, continue, we are currently not experiencing any inflationary pressures. The Kyrgyz Somme Canadian dollar has been volatile compared to the prior year quarter, but minimal change in Q1. Just move to slide 16. As previously highlighted, 153 million was generated from cash provided from operations during the quarter, and 72 million in company-wide free cash flow. When you combine the free cash flow of 72 million and 210 million from the proceeds from the sale of the Greenstone partnership, 
the company ended the quarter debt with debt-free and $823 million in cash, as referenced in the bottom right-hand chart. The key contributor for free cash flow during the quarter were the Mount Milligan on Oxford mines of $80 million and $26 million, respectively. In 2021, these two mines alone are expected to generate $160 million, representing the midpoint of guidance. As disclosed in the MDNA, caution should be taken at all forward-looking guidance. But I would highlight on the bottom left-hand chart, the significant step-up in production in 2022 is targeted to be driven by the new Oxid mine, with an approximate 125% increase in production, comparing 2021 to 2022 production guidance. Finally, given the cash flow generation of operations, a closing cash position of $823 million and liquidity in excess of $1.2 billion, the Centera board declared a quarterly dividend of $0.05 cents per, per, per share um, per cents for the quarter. With that, I'll hand it back to Scott. Thanks, Darren. Um, just on slide 18 and just referencing the bullet points here in the top left, I'll, I'll just look to kind of sort of round out the core here. But again, just the third bullet point, just to recap, you know, it was another strong quarter just in terms of our operating momentum that we're seeing. Again, quarterly gold production in excess of 160,000 ounces of gold. And again, we continue to produce this gold at a, at a pretty low competitive oil and sustaining cost of around $745 per ounce. Uh, obviously, in the you know, prevailing gold price environment as well as the prevailing copper price environment, if you look at the fifth bullet point, we're continuing to see you know, meaningful levels of profitability and free cash flow, uh, you know, producing some $72 million of positive free cash flow during the quarter. And then this, the final bullet point there, you know, again, just given that level of free cash flow, uh, our, our balance sheet continues to be uh, you know, very strong, if not peer-leading finishing the quarter with a, a net cash position of some $823 million US, which you know, gives us uh, a lot of confidence in terms of our ability to advocate that Sentera's business model is a internally fully funded business model moving forward. So that really uh, concludes my uh, prepared remarks. But just before we open it up to um, the Q&A portion of the call, I, I know that a number of inv investors and attendees will have a lot of questions regarding Kumtor. Now, you know, obviously, we want to be forthright about our assessments and our plans, but I'm sure there will be certain questions that we simply cannot answer given the evolving situation, particularly so as it relates to legal matters. But do rest assured that we will provide further disclosure as and when appropriate. But with that, Bridget, if I can pass it over to you just to, um, just to uh, conduct the Q&A portion of the call, please. Very good. Thank you very much. We do welcome all questions or comments. To register, please press 1-4 on your telephone. You will hear a three-tone prompt to acknowledge your request. If your question has been answered and you would like to withdraw a registration, please press 1-3. Again, to register questions or comments, please press 1-4 on your telephone. One moment, please, for the first question. And our first question comes from the line of Trevor Turnbull of Scotiabank. Please proceed with your question. Hi, Scott, and thank you for your candid comments at the open on the recent developments in the Kyrgyz Republic. I, I know it's, it's kind of hard to know where to begin given the breadth and the scale of the issues raised by the government and the courts. 
Uh, I assume that high-level discussions with the country are really one place to start. And I, I guess my question is, how do you plan to respond, um, aside from potentially seeking arbitration, with respect to the government? Have you requested a, a meeting with them? Yeah, thanks, Trevor. Um, look, we have been uh, reaching out and looking to engage with the, uh, you know, the senior political leadership in country, but there's been no meaningful gauge engagement to date. Um, I did note in my earlier remarks that in terms of the uh, state commission review that's underway, we, we are expectant that that commission review will be finalised uh, this month, and I think that in itself will be the catalyst uh, for those, uh, you know, those discussions to start taking place with the uh, political leadership in country. So that's still a, uh, you know, obviously a development that's in progress, but as and when that's finalised, uh, I think that'll be the catalyst for those discussions to, uh, to be embarked on. Okay. Um, then the only other question I, I guess I have, um, and it, uh, obviously there are some developments pending, such as this report, although it's, it's hard to be optimistic uh, about it, but given the uncertainty, are there any modifications to your CapEx plans for Kumtor at this point, or uh, perhaps given uh, further negative developments, or how, do, you, do you plan on modifying um, perhaps uh, the, the level of investment you're making? No, I mean, when I look at, uh, you know, our, our plan for this year, Trevor, um, you know, obviously we, we're, we're adding the additional trucks in terms of expanding our haulage uh, trucking capacity in terms of the fleet. Uh, all those additions have taken place. Uh, we're in the final stages, as Dan mentioned in his remarks, in terms of expanding our leach circuit, as well as uh, installing a tower mill in the mill processing facility. Both of those are underway as we speak. Uh, our exploration program, it's a, a 75,000-meter program, and we're one quarter of the way through that program. Um, and so we're continuing to carry on with, you know, each of these items. And I, I guess I do that, you know, I, I guess we make those decisions philosophically, you know, on the premise that we want to be a good steward of the asset. We want to do what's in the best interest of the mine, of the ore body. So we continue to make those investments. And, and I think that also reflects my, my optimism um, that, you know, despite the fact that, you know, there's a bit of uncertainty in Kyrgyzstan right now, I think, you know, we, Sintera, the organization, has proven through time that, you know, we usually always find a way to, uh, you know, resolve these issues in, in a constructive manner. And, and, you know, I have to take that as my sort of base case scenario. And so I want to make sure that, you know, whatever we do, that, you know, Kumtor is going to be in the best position possible uh, when we get to the other side of this. So a bit of a long answer there, Trevor, but just wanted to give you that color. No, that's fine. And that's all I had. Thanks, Scott. Our next question comes from the line of Brian MacArthur of Raymond James. Please proceed with your question. Hi, good morning, Scott. Um, I just want to have a quick question. One of the things that talks about there is banking restrictions. So I just want to confirm the current $823 million U.S. sits outside Kyrgyzstan, so you have Kyrgyz Republic, so you have full access to that right now and secondly on page 19 there's also a statement about accounts receivable um, and talking about an additional shipment of gold from Kumtor uh, that came in April so can I assume in fact that balance if, if it's true is outside the country is even higher right now as that, as, as that cash has come out too please thank you um, 
so yeah, in terms of the eight hundred twenty-three million, um, the the answer is yes. But I'll let Darren speak to that because he'll be able to give you the exact numbers. And Darren, if you can just touch on the April gold shipment, please. Sure, Brian. So uh, I'll give her an order. So the we've received <clears throat> received that gold shipment um, that was recorded in our accounts receivable at the end of March. Um, and I guess you know, as normal course, you know, our treasury team, you know, does cash sweeps from all our subsidiaries, including um, KGC, our, our Comptor subsidiary, and we we generally target a cash flow no greater than, than 10 million in Kyrgyzstan. So, um, you know, so all, all, all funds are materially outside of country. Great. Thank you very much. Our next question comes from the line of Dalton Barreto of Canaccord. Please proceed with your question. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Scott and team. Uh, I want to start by asking where your Kyrgyz directors sit on all of this and whether they've been, uh, they've been part of any board discussions you've had following um, the, you know, the announcements of Friday. And then as part B of that question, if the Kyrgyz do end up uh, taking over the mine, what happens to the, uh, the 26% corporate stake that, they, that Kyrgyz Alton has? Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Dalton. Um, you know, as you can appreciate, we just had our board meetings over the last uh, two business days. You know, prior to releasing our, our results, and in terms of our discussions and you know del- deliberations with the Kyrgyz directors, uh, unfortunately, they're not you know within the inner circle, if you will. That might be a poor choice of words, but the, the inner circle when it comes to the state commission review or uh, the senior political leadership. So they weren't really in a position to offer us a lot of insights or intelligence over and above what we as an executive management team uh, already have. So that would be the, uh, you know, my response to your first question regarding the, uh, the Kyrgyz directors. And then your second question, you know, with, with regards to Kyrgyz Alden shareholding in Sintera, uh, you know, obviously there's a number of legal responses uh, that, you know, we're considering and evaluating right now. But uh, at this stage, we're not in a position to uh, comment on that. Okay, uh, fair enough. And then just in terms of your options that are available to you, you mentioned arbitration. Uh, What other options are available to you? Uh, Yusuf, is there anything that you want to expand on there or? Um, yeah, thanks, Scott. I think, I mean, we're, you know, obviously we mentioned arbitration. Uh, we've gone to arbitration before. Uh, that's something we're evaluating. Uh, there's a number of other uh, legal options that we're, we're looking at, but, but again, given that this is evolving pretty quickly, uh, we're not really in a position to talk about those, unfortunately, so I can't really answer that question or provide more color. Okay, no problem. And then last question for you, Scott. Um, just given what's happened, how are you now thinking about capital allocation M&A, just in light of these events, as well as your uh, your current balance sheet? Well, you know, in terms of capital allocation, all of our operations are, are positively free cash flowing, and we expect that to continue over the course of this year and, you know, even over the subsequent years as per our, our three-year guidance. So um, really a lot of the focus and discussion with the board, you know, over the past six months has been with regards to possible capital return initiatives and what we could potentially be, you know, doing there. And if there's anything that, you know, would potentially be deemed measured and smart, then, you know, that's something we'll evaluate. But 
again, you can appreciate there's a bit of uncertainty right now in our sort of boardroom setting when we're strategizing just with regards to the uncertainty in Kyrgyzstan. So for now, those sort of uh, capital return discussions have been uh, put on hold. Um, you you, ref, you referenced M&A. Um, that's not something that we're, you know, primarily focused on uh, right here, right now. I, I think as you've seen in prior years, we've always been pretty internally focused, just looking to ensure that, you know, we're maximizing the intrinsic asset value of our business and of each of the existing operations. And I, I expect that to continue here uh, moving forward. Okay, thank you guys and uh, good luck. And our next question comes from the line of Fahad Tariq of Credit Suisse. Please proceed with your question. Hey, good morning. Just uh, one question from me. Um, given the dynamics of what's going on right now, is there any thought on reassessing CAMAS or new studies there? Uh, any, any, any thought around that project? Yeah, thanks, Fahad. Um, th the answer is no. Um, I, I think as, as we've discussed with yourselves and, you know, uh, uh, other participants in the investment community previously, you know, we, we did have our strategy session back in, uh, I think it was September of last year with our board of directors. And, you know, we, we took a long, hard look at each of our development projects that we had in the portfolio back then, which back then was Greenstone and uh, Kames. And, and we ultimately concluded that based on our long-term metal price assumptions, we weren't seeing a compelling uh, value proposition or you know economic rate of return, and we actually concluded that we're going to deprioritize uh, both of those projects. So you've seen obviously that we've already actioned uh, you know our 50% ownership in Greenstone. You know we ultimately uh, divested of that asset and that closed in January. And again with Commerce, it's uh, potentially a similar sort of strategy, uh, whereby the board has encouraged us that you know if if there are counterparties out there that are you know, that, uh, um, you know, ascribe more value to Kames, uh than what's potentially embedded in our uh, company-wide valuation, then, you know, those are opportunities that we, we should be exploring. You know, i.e. any opportunity to surface value or daylight value, uh, that would be on strategy from uh, Sentara's perspective. And, you know, obviously I note that, uh, you know, the, copper co the current copper price environment is uh, particularly strong. And, you know, you may recall that over half, approximately half of uh, Kames's uh, revenues are actually denominated in copper. So uh, it's an interesting uh, opportunity right here, right now. And um, that, that's something that, you know, we'll potentially be pursuing and uh, stay tuned just to see, uh, you know, what we can do there in terms of potentially, uh, you know, daylighting any additional value that commerce. Okay. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of John Tomazos of John Tomazos Very Independent. Please proceed with your question. Thank you. And uh, we all have your, you have our support and sympathy for this unprecedented situation. Excuse me if a couple of my questions might express frustration to the situation that the government's created there. First, uh, don't you think that the, the May 6th actions create irreparable damage in the stock market, where even if uh, the government begins to behave like a hospitable host country, the stock market is never going to 
give you a full valuation like a normal gold mining company with a premium valuation two times NAV or something. So at this point, the damage is done, and it's not a settleable situation. You have to move on. Uh, second, it would appear that there's a ready market. There's Russian, Chinese, Turkish, Mountain, and Saudi Arabia, the Uzbek State Mining Company. And you could have a reasonable auction process to get a fraction of the value, say half, uh, to some other country that might have uh, more understanding of the politics of uh, Kyrgyzstan. Okay. Um, you know, thanks, John. Um, look, I, I take your point, you know, um, as and when and if, you know, we find ourselves on the other side of this and, you know, through constructive dialogue, we're able to, uh, we're able to resolve the situation. I think I would, uh, I would accept uh, your assertion that you're never going to get full value for Kumtor, you know, vis-a-vis -vis what you would get for the asset if it was located in, you know, what the market deems to be uh, top-tier jurisdictions. Uh, I would probably accept that uh, assertion. However, Kumtor is a, a very meaningful asset, and as you know, we've been investing in the assets significantly on a number of fronts, and, and those investments have certainly paid dividends. And you know, the amount of positive free cash flow or the level of profitability that we have realized from Kumtor year in, year out is, is very meaningful, and, and I think that more than offsets any jurisdictional considerations when it comes to you know, achieving the utmost valuation of the asset. And I think it, you know, suffice to say, it's also in the best interest of our shareholders that, you know, we've got to, you know, stick at this and uh, try and resolve this situation because there, there would certainly be a, a lot of additional value that you could daylight, which has obviously since come out of our, our share price and our company-wide valuation since our announcement on Friday. Second part of your question, you know, in terms of, um, you know, selling the asset and, and moving on, as you said, um, I, I don't see that being a, a realistic scenario right now because, um, <clears throat> I think before any third party would even be willing to uh, evaluate the asset and the opportunity, uh, you still got to resolve this situation. So uh, I think in terms of our strategy moving forward here, it's going to remain uh, consistent and, you know, steadfast, uh, whereby we're looking to engage, uh, you know, in meaningful dialogue with the political leadership and we'll look to resolve this situation. And uh, I think, again, that's what's going to be in the best interest of all our shareholders. So, Scott, you do... Would you consider it a reasonable tactic to walk down to the Ontario courts today and file an injunction to cancel their 77.4 million shares and remove their three directors in view of the government's behavior hostile to the shareholders of your company? And bear in mind that if you don't, there could be an activist shareholder that thinks that's reasonable. Yeah, look, I think, as I said earlier, and as Yusuf said, you know, we're, we're evaluating all of the, of the various uh, legal and other options that are available to us, and, um, you know, we'll continue to evaluate that and uh, report back in due course. Good luck, Scott. All the best. Thanks, John. And our next question comes from the line of Anita Sani of CIBC World Markets. Please proceed with your question. Uh, good morning, guys. And uh, let me echo my comments about, uh, or um, John's comments about my sympathies on this unfortunate situation. He also asked the same question I was going to ask about cancelling the shares of um, 
um, the Kyrgyz Republic if that was within your uh, jurisdictional power to do that. Um, and then uh, my, uh, um, so could you give a little bit more clarity? Do you think that that is a, a possibility if you had to go down that path? Anita, I apologize. I'm going to frustrate you and others, but we're, again, considering all options that are available yeah. to us, and we'll look to report back on that in due course. Okay. And then um, the second question, I guess, would be um, the, the total tax bill right now. Was it $352 million that, that you guys had um, said, or is, is there potentially more than that at this stage? Darren, do you want to confirm that, please? Yeah, so so the it's it's unclear, Anita. The there is um, the recent press release we put out um, that covers the same period um, that the I think the sixteenth of March press release. So um, you know, we basically just simply combine those two numbers. It's approximately that that figure. But obviously, we're looking for some more clarity from the government um, on that on that to see whether it is you know one plus one equals the three fifty or is less than that. But but that's the the total sum, um, as, as we understand today. Okay, and then just a, a bit of a question on in terms of government relations, I guess, as they stand. So, um, you you are reaching out to them to try to to try to talk to them. But um, can you give us an idea of how you know? Do you feel there's like hostility there that you know there that you might be concerned about? Um, Potentially keeping your expats in the country at this stage, or is, is has that you know been been something that you've considered at this stage? No, I would <clears throat> I would not use the word um, hostile or hostility. Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> um, it's not. There's no hostility. Um, I, I think the challenge we have in terms of the dynamic is the state commission review is in the final stages of their review. Uh, as, as I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, we we expect that review to be finalised here in the month of May. And I think until that review, until that you know metaphorical document is on the table, uh, I don't think it's possible for us to uh, engage with the Kyrgyz Republic in terms of the political leadership. But once that document is on the table and available, I think that'll serve as the catalyst, uh, hopefully, for uh, engagement to begin. And has there historically been a, a good separation between the um, uh, the political and the judiciary? Um, it's, it's difficult for me, me. It's difficult for me to answer, Anita. I can't answer that. Okay. All right. I'll leave it there. Thank you. And as a final reminder for questions, please press one four. Our next question comes from the line of Mike Jelanin of Bank of America. Please proceed with your question. Oh, hi, Scott. Uh, just uh, actually to go away from Kumtar, I'm intrigued by the. Life of Mine updates are Oxford and Mount Mill again. Just wondering when they'll be released and uh, what they'll entail. It sounds like these could be positive uh, developments for Sentara. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, Dan, did you want to just speak to that, just in terms of the latest update on timing and what have you? Certainly can, Scott. Thank you. Uh, yeah, let's start at Mount Milligan. Uh, at Mount Milligan, we've had some very good... Uh, uh, changes in our, our drivers of a, of a life of mine. We've had uh, excellent cost control the last year and a half, and uh, we've had some productivity improvements in our mill, et cetera, as well as some brownfields exploration. So we are updating uh, that, that life of mine, and we, we should have the results of that uh, in early the, 
late in the third quarter, early the fourth quarter, um, and updating a 43-101 with that. Uh, with Oxsuit, now that we understand the operation better and we, we understand our um, the, the whole dynamics there, we, we, um, we're also updating that along with the exploration drilling results. And again, we should have the results of that uh, completed by the fourth quarter. That's, that's good news. Uh, okay, thanks for that. I look forward to a trip to Mount Milligan, a mine I've never visited. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. And our next question comes from the line of Mike Parkin of National Bank. Please proceed with your question. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my question. I guess it's pretty early, but in terms of some of your suppliers with respect to Coomtor, are you seeing any ch uh, changes in terms of payment? Like, is there a need to pay first before delivery is made, or is it too early to kind of see any changes on that front? Dan, do you want to comment, please? I'm happy to. Um, okay, good. Um, Right now, no. I, I think uh, we, we had um, we have a robust inventory at Kumtor due to its distances from a number of our large suppliers. And during COVID, we uh, we deliberately uh, took a good look at our, our inventory supplies. So we're very comfortable right now. Um, we have had uh, talks with uh, a couple of large suppliers um, because they also have employees in country, et cetera. But uh, we have we have great support of uh, our international and national suppliers. So at this point in time, uh, there hasn't really been any any change in that respect. And can you just uh, the fleet over there? That's completely owner operated. None of it's leased. That is correct. All right. Thanks. That's it for me, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you. And our final question comes from the line of Frederico Reggio of Helicon. Please proceed with your question. Hello, hi. Uh, I just have one question on Oxo, one question on Oxoot. Uh, I so basically the, the production number for Q1 were kind of strong uh, if you compare uh, with the 35% uh, production that I think you were expecting uh, in H1 2021 over the full year guidance of, uh, um, of, of 2021. So uh, is, let's say, Q2 going to be very weak, or should we expect that probably Oxford should uh, probably overperform a bit, uh, let's say, your, is, is, over, is overperforming a bit your expectation this year? Yeah, hi, Frederico, and thanks for the question. Look, you're correct. When we issued our guidance for the calendar year, we were guiding that the first six months of this year at Oxert will represent around 35% of the annual uh, gold production level. Uh, our performance in Q1 was uh, slightly better, slightly stronger uh, than what we were expecting or what was implicit in terms of our guidance. Um, in Q2, it, it will be a weaker quarter, which is just due to a, a lower-grade uh, mining production profile that we've been going through. Um, so in terms of the first six months of this year, I, I still think, you know, it, it's going to be um, it, it, comfortably, it'll represent 35% of the annual total. It could be as high as 40%. So um, just so yeah, just to round out the answer again, you know, I, I do think the second quarter will be lower than what we produced in Q1, but I think the first six months of this year will represent 35 to 40% of the annual total. 
Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that does conclude the question and answer session portion of today's call. Panelists, I'll now turn the call back to you. Please continue. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for your uh, participation again. We, again, uh, we, we all hope you're uh, safe and well, and we'll be looking to uh, updating everyone accordingly as we move forward here in terms of our ongoing disclosure. But uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation. And that does conclude today's presentation. We do thank you for your participation and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.